Hello, and welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide. I'm your host, Bryce. And I am one of the co-hosts, Randy. There we go. I I we I did it right this host. time. Where do you get co-host status? Self-appointed. You just give it to yourself. <laughs> okay. Yep, I'm, just, I'm co-hosting. That's the secret to life. You just start taking on titles and, and no one will stop you. Jeez. I'm king co-host. <laughs> king co-host? Can I be president? What is it? Uh, Only if I can uh, be emperor. I want to be emperor. <laughs> Actually, I want my title to be Grand Emperor Supreme of the Presidency. Jeez. I hope that's okay. But uh, anyway, welcome back. We're back for a, another week. And uh, you may not have noticed it because our upload schedule will probably be pretty correct. But we're back on track. After the break, which is <laughs> nice. Always nice. Yes. We were on a break. Uh yeah, a little bit unplanned, <laughs> but you know, uh I did enjoy it, but it was did definitely miss the podcast, but we're back this week. And speaking of this week, the monster that we have this week, saying this week a lot, is uh we're returning to a franchise that is pretty befitting of this podcast, and that is Monster Hunter. Yo, yeah, crazy yeah. the coincidence. It's a, uh, it's kind of crazy. I actually had to go back and uh, look through our backlog because I felt like we did a Monster Hunter creature before, and we did. Yeah. It was actually the Chi Lin, which was one of our earlier episodes, and we talked oh. about the the Kirin. One of the, so true. I think, at least for me, one of the most famous boss fights that you fight in that game. It's Fair. definitely a fight to remember. I have no memory of this fight. Of the Kieran? Wished the monster. Oh, many, many Kierans. Many Kierans in my days in Monster Hunter. But... Monster Vanquisher, please. Please. <laughs> uh, we're not talking about Kierans today. I specifically wanted to kind of take us to... Uh, Perhaps my favorite Monster Hunter game because there's yeah. many games in the series, and that is we're going to Monster Hunter World. Uh, oh, it's a classic. Yeah, and I specifically wanted to analyze perhaps the most unique and interesting monster uh, in that particular game entry, and that mm. being the final boss of the game, Xenojiva. Oh, mm. very very unique Elder Dragon. It's unlike any that you come across before you know a lot of the like elder dragons and wyverns that you fight in the game uh kind of resemble like dinosaurs to a certain extent but this one xenojiva is just he's just he's just different man he's, no he's very alien-ish yes yes yeah. i think that's like the big thing that everybody points out when they first see him is you're like dang bro that a thing looks like it's from another planet, you know, yeah. that isn't uh, the weird world that you live in, Monster Hunter, that's like infested with huge <laughs> like dinosaur monsters. But yeah. so, as the resident dumb, person, as the resident expert, no, you no, mean, no, you mean Brad question asker, <laughs> as the person who never knows anything that we talk about, <laughs> is it the blue one? <laughs> yes, yes, it's the blue one. That one's Xenojiva. The big blue one is Xenojiva. <laughs> you know what? You're not even wrong. Uh, to just give a little bit of a brief synopsis is that Xenojiva is born out of centuries of like coalesced pure bioenergy. Perhaps that's why he's so weird looking. <laughs> and uh, everyone knows bioenergy is blue, so makes sense. I mean, I, I think that's factual, actually. You know, fire's sure. red and bioenergy is blue. And that's just there you go. There you go. Uh, and while this elder dragon that you fight in the game is like, it's pretty young, it still gives you like a legendary battle, like super befitting of the end of that epic entry. Perhaps pretty young, you mean like literally newborn? <laughs> yes. It's yes, it like, is. like learning to walk at the beginning of the fight. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you gotta hunt that monster. That's what the game's called. So you watch it get hatched, and then you're like, it needs to die now. The I thing mean, literally it, was just born, and it's a threat to all of reality. If you're trying to like harvest whatever it's got, 
<laughs> baby version's better than older. <laughs> we gotta get it before it gets experienced. I don't. I mean, we'll kind of get into like why you deemed it necessary to like end this uh, this majestic creature right as right as it was born. But <laughs> it's uh, brutal. Yeah. To to kind of start off, I, I suppose we should maybe kind of give the the general like story synopsis of Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter to a greater extent because because I've played the game and I still don't know what happened in the game. <laughs> yeah, I I mean beneath like uh the basic premise of the game, which is go out hunt a monster, go back to camp, uh, upgrade your gear, yep. eat nice food. You know, there is an actual, like, pretty in-depth story beneath it all. But so in Monster Hunter, you are, uh, no matter the game, you're a part of a Monster Hunting hunting Guild, and this is called the Commission. And what they specifically seek to do is they want to explore and study vibrant new lands and the giant monsters that inhabit them. Because like we said before, the world that Monster Hunter takes place in is rife with like wyverns and elder dragons and they come in like all shapes and sizes and there's even some pretty strange ones in some of the other games like giant bugs and stuff Mm -hmm. pretty cool but it's like fantasy jurassic park and yeah i guess more like fantasy jurassic era time history (laughs) running around (laughs) you know but like as in like as in it's jurassic era dinosaurs but also fantasized dinosaurs and then you got a bunch of regular humans with swords running around after them. <laughs> yep, you have your giant anime swords to swing uh, around and uh, chop them to pieces with. Classic. But uh, So you play as one of these monster hunters that's part of the guild, and you hunt down and kill or trap monsters. And I believe it's also specifically stated that all of the monsters that you hunt down, like you're sent on missions to uh, kind of take care of, they're pretty much like aggressive and causing damage to either human settlements or the natural ecosystem that they are uh, living in. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the the rationale between like <laughs> perhaps some initially senseless uh, mm. wildlife destruction. <laughs> the reason why in-world PETA isn't like all over you immediately. <laughs> it's like they're yeah. like, it's not just wanton murder. There's a reason. Yeah, is is that like these uh these monsters are actually like kind of being a problem. Mm-hmm. But uh specifically in Monster Hunter World, you are traveling to a land known as the New World, a very inventive name, but it serves <laughs> its purpose. Uh and this is to investigate a phenomenon known as the Elder Crossing. And in oh. this phenomenon, extremely powerful monsters, pretty much like the apex predators of various ecosystems and these uh apex predator monsters are known as elder dragons and specifically in this elder crossing they migrate across the ocean to the new world uh but nobody really knows why you know like it's a pretty like uh like momentous event and everybody knows it takes place but nobody knows exactly why they do it and uh, usually this event occurs once every century, but lately this has increased in frequency to once every decade. So 10 times as fast. Hey, wow. And this has kind of posed a very serious problem as when these elder dragons migrate, you know, as you might expect them being like apex predators, uh, and they might kind of cross over or through some human settlements they can wreak absolute havoc and destruction, just destroying everything in their path on their way to their destination. You know, some of these can be uh, almost like mountain-sized, you know? So you can just imagine like a walking mountain uh, going through your neighborhood. That would not be a fun event, I don't think. I mean, sounds like a very uh, great visual uh spectacular it's it sounds like it would be quite the experience it, it would be quite the scene you mm-hmm. know and you would remember it for sure yeah. i'm not sure it'd be a very fond memory though like usually usually i have to go to where the mountains are to get those kind of views and to like see that and now the mountains are just coming to me which is like sounds so convenient like 
gosh, yeah. the skiing trip just comes to you at your own convenience. It's just so, it just is built for tourism. Yeah. Uh, I, I suppose if you're really into hiking, you know, and you wake sure. up at the mountain outside your front door, like, maybe that's a really good thing. You know, it's a brand new mountain. This is incredible. Might have crushed your neighbor's house, but yeah. hey, new hiking spots. Dinkelberg. <laughs> but uh, and even as like the the game kind of opens up, Monster Hunter World, uh, your team is sailing across the ocean, and you guys are having just a whale of a time. You know, kind of uh. Partying a bit, you know, maybe having some nice beverages. And they come face to face with the mighty elder dragon known as Zora Magdaros. And this is a titanic beast that is basically the combination of Godzilla and a volcano. So like we said before, a walking mountain. (laughs) Again, like, I mean, maybe uh, like dial back the volcano a little bit but that sounds like a great great experience you just got a moving mountain you can just constantly be hiking this mountain and you're moving while it's moving like you can travel the world while doing what you love um so convenient maybe but at the same time like you're like sailing in the ocean and it just literally like pops out of the water and is like wrecking your ships and stuff so i mean (laughs) Like Titanic it's, style wrecking the ships, where it's like just like cuts the ship in half with the the glacier and just cracks the ship in the, down the middle. Um, kind of awesome. Yeah, but like, so what a start to a game, you know? Uh. Uh, somehow, actually, everybody makes it to the new world. You know, I guess you're just excellent swimmers, or <laughs> you know, those ships are just absolutely built different. <laughs> Seriously. But uh, throughout the game, you track this behemoth, Zora Magdros, and after some exploring, you discover an area known as the Rotten Vale. And this is a toxic, death-filled region that is littered with countless monster corpses, great and small. So it just sounds like an absolutely wonderful place, you know, probably smells of just roses and sunshine, you know. Man, I bet the... uh... I'll Never bet mind the... the hundreds of corpses, but <laughs> yeah, well, but the property tax down there is just so low. It's oh, bro, man, the time to invest in real estate uh, is now. Oh, it's a good time to be a real estate agent in the Rotten Vale, man. You can make some money. <laughs> but uh, after investigating this new region, it is discovered that the reason for the Elder Crossing, like in general, is that uh, Elder Dragons come here to live out their last moments. Doesn't sound like a great, like, final time to live your life, just, like, surrounded by death and decay and uh, all of the wonderful goopy and smelliness that, that that is, but they do this so that they can die and release their bountiful energy back into the environment so that new life can be created and grow in the new world. So, oh, look at them. Yeah, recycle. they recycle. You know, get them. them. Save the yeah. world. <laughs> They died doing what they loved, recycling. <laughs> the recycling dragon? <laughs> the interesting thing, though, uh, about how you met like Zora Magdaros crossing the sea is that uh, this elder dragon has veered off of its projected course and is now headed into an unknown area. And this new area is a place called the Everstream. And this is an area overflowing with massive amounts of bioenergy. Hmm. And you discover that if Zora Magdaros was to reach this area, it would be absolutely catastrophic for the entire continent. <laughs> it's a pretty big problem. And pretty much like halfway through the game, you have to like set up like a giant wooden wall because that's what's going to stop a walking yeah. volcano. Yeah, and shoot an absolutely ungodly amount of cannons at it. So, like, I, I, does it ever explain what would happen if he like were to reach the thing? Is that like something you're going to go into later, or is it just like kind of ambiguous of oh, it would be bad? Like, do we know like if he hits that everstream, does he like go nuclear and just like, like explode, or like does um, that's, volcano that's... become like super volcano? Like, that's... like. Yeah, that's kind of the impression that I always got yeah. when I like played okay. the games and I was reading through uh 
all my sources, but at the same time, I don't think they like ever said, yo, he would be like Yellowstone or whatever. You know? <laughs> so um I I think it was yeah, it was just like he would react with the surrounding environment and just possibly explode. Excellent. I mean, not excellent for him, but I mean he gets there, he's like, I finally achieved my goal. <laughs> like allergic to something there, and that's what <laughs> Oh has... man, this Everstream, it's so relaxing. Oh man. Oh no, no, too much. No, the parasites. <laughs> yeah, just the most absolutely massive is like sneeze that ever existed. <laughs> uh, it turns out he's allergic to bioenergy and just like the most painful sneeze. Yeah. Man, those those hives on the uh the like volcano dragon must be pretty bad. Very magmy, very gross. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, with uh, your hunter's absolute determination and just firing off so many cannons and perhaps a dragonator or two, uh, you are able to drive Zor Magdros back to sea to prevent this catastrophe. Thank God. Huzzah! But uh, the game still continues and that the problem... Uh, of the plentiful and even new elder dragons appearing in the region due to the elder crossing still exists. You know, you're still not sure why it increased in frequency so much. Late hmm. also to a certain extent, you can uh, extrapolate that all of that bioenergy that the elder dragons are like leaving when they die must be going somewhere as well. Into the environment. I thought, you would think, but like with the amount of elder dragons going to the new world, you know, that's a lot of bio. Yeah, I suppose. So they're not recycling. They're more like investing. <laughs> they're stockbrokers. Oh, I knew I didn't like these elder dragons. They were up to something. Oh, where's that they're money shady, going? Shady back dealing stockbrokers out here going to a new world where there's no jurisdiction, no, uh, control over their their spending oh man they're they're getting those tax-free trades energy uh -huh. i knew it absolutely diabolical <laughs> uh trying to get to the bottom of this uh still kind of mystery that you have you find an area uh filled with elder dragons and this area is known as the elders recess you know and Yo, i don't think recess. that's like <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's like what the slide and maybe some uh, monkey bars. I think it's like just a little kind of nook that is just absolutely packed with some of the meanest, baddest like monsters that you come across. It's pretty much like the end game area. We're in the end game now. Yes, absolutely. And this new area is covered in massive crystals, and these are composed of uh, huge amounts of coalesced bioenergy. It's actually a really unique looking environment. Like it has like all these like you could think of if you've seen those uh like massive geodes that people find like underground. Yeah. Uh, where like you go caving and it's just literally uh like a cave sized room filled with like these massive like crystalline structures. Those are like everywhere and like the actual like crystalline pillars are just so big. Like living inside of a geode. Basically. As you continue to dive deeper and deeper into like the crystalline caverns underneath the Elder's Recess, you discover uh, very interesting sets of crystals that have unimaginable purity. I believe the like guide that you're with that is guiding you down there is like, these crystals are pure. Too pure. <laughs> They're quiet. Too quiet. <laughs> Basically, with uh, you having found this kind of really unique, uh, almost unprecedented area, you eventually find the source of the Elder Crossing anomaly. What was causing it all? What is it? And it turns out that you find a mysterious chrysalis pulsing with centuries and possibly even millennia of coalesced bioenergy. Almost like a bio like bomb or something. Oof. But out of this chrysalis, as you approach it, uh, you witness the birth of a new uh, species. It's beautiful. 
Yeah. It's uh this is where you get to come face to face with Xenojiva, uh newest elder dragon in the Monster Hunter series. And as you continue to kind of like research around and investigate, you discover that Xenojiva had been emitting pheromones to call other elder dragons to the new world so that they could die and feed into its greedy wow. consumption of bioenergy. Kind of like some weird like pyramid scheme, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this this new world keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> it's an off the books giant pyramid scheme uh stock trading fiasco. This place is just it needs the police to crack down on it. We need some freaking control in this place. Somebody call the FTC. There's the Get wild west out here. <laughs> Crazy. <The> IRS. <laughs> Haven't any of you guys filed your taxes? <laughs> Man, I would hate to see Xenojiva's freaking uh, tax report. Where's that tax report? report? It's ungodly, it. dude. That's crazy. <laughs> you could pay off so many debts with that tax <laughs> report. Bioenergy debts? Seriously. Man, this uh, new world is a pretty dark place. Um, <laughs> it's, it's. You think grim. you're going to like this fantasy uh-huh, world, this like, utopia, stuff, but it's really just like. An accounting nightmare. <laughs> um, yeah, you're actually one... like not going there to like explore and like see what's <laughs> new and like great. You're just like an indentured servant yeah. trying to work off your bio debt. There's like one guy with just like stacks of papers like up to the sky and his hair is just a mess. And he's just like sitting there freaking out trying to figure out all the numbers. Like they just aren't adding up. It just doesn't make sense. I don't understand. Where's it all going? How does it? How does it work? <laughs> His mind is just freaking fried. Oh my gosh. Oh, but this poor guy. Uh back to Xenojiva. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. To kind of give a description of uh Xenojiva, you know, here you go, Brad. It is the blue one, like you were saying. Uh it is Nailed also it. a massive elder dragon that towers above your hunter. It's quite large. It'd be weird it's if it was the size of your hunter. I mean, almost <laughs> like a little bit more terrifying, honestly. <laughs> it's like this tiny little dragon just running at you. Yeah. The elder dragon, he comes out. He's like a little baby. <laughs> he's like four feet tall. Run, everybody go. <laughs> but uh, Xenojiva possesses large clawed hands, or I suppose feet, and a horned head, as well as a set of enormous wings. Um, but... Like we kind of said at the beginning of this episode, its most striking attribute is how alien and unique it actually like looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, its skin is like translucent, and this is like as if it has not fully formed yet. And uh, it exhibits vibrant light blue shades that fade to darker blues and grays. So it's very striking in its appearance, and. Good. It's almost like it's like a brand new baby and it's still like weird looking because it's a freaking baby. Yeah, yeah. Or it could be like a like a deep sea fish, you know how they're like there you go. translucent. You can see like their internal organs and stuff. That's a lot cooler explanation than we're just beating up a baby. I mean, but you're right. I mean, sadly. Yeah. Uh it also has these large uh three orange sensory organs on either side of its head like initially when i saw those i thought they were eyes i thought so I was, too as i read this they're uh like some type of sensory organ like perhaps maybe for sound like some type of like well diaphragm membrane if you think know. about it technically your eyes are a sensory organ they are an organ for your body to sense something from so you're, you're not wrong. They could still be eyes. They have, if if all they ever say is they're a sensory organ, it could still be an eye. It would Unclear. then be pretty strange that it also had like two eyes in addition to those like six kind of weird well, the, orange spots. The orange ones see an infrared, and then the other ones see a normal vision. So that way he can see normal world, and then also predator vision. Right. It, yeah. It, I, just, I, yeah. <laughs> Is this the is this the newest predator they're going to introduce in the next uh, predator? Movie? Yeah, yeah. Every eye sees in a different wavelength. So like it's got it's got uh, infrared, then it's got like uh, X ray vision, and then it's got like something else. Like it, like it can see on all different levels, like wavelengths, so it can see every threat that there is 
uh it's it's like pistol shrimp or whatever that are able yeah. to see like yeah. so many more colors than we are uh-huh. exactly man what an absolute headache that must be <laughs> yeah i mean i can barely even see two colors and that's enough for me i can't imagine i can't imagine having to be able to like see like six or more <laughs> Another pretty striking appearance that Xenogeva has is it's visibly overflowing with energy with the frayed membrane of its uh, wings, tail, and feet and wreathed in a ghostly blue energy. Again, kind of gives it like a very mysterious, uh, very powerful appearance. Mm. You know, I, I suppose this is kind of like excess bioenergy just leaking out of it, perhaps. Wow, so it didn't even need all of those freaking... Uh, Elder Dragons. It's soaked up more than it really could even handle. What a waste. It was just freaking leaking at bio energy for nothing. Well, I mean, you know, it's probably got more bio energy that it can use, but it could always yeah. use more. Uh, you can always use more bio energy. You know Isn't what? That what they say that is what they say. I've been, I've heard that before. You could always use more bio energy when you think you have enough. You could always use more. Never enough. So you do eventually do battle with Xenogiva. You initially have to retreat and kind of like formulate a plan with your crew. But uh, it's deemed that if Xenogiva was allowed to roam free in the new world, it would cause untold destruction. Uh, they say it would like devastate the surrounding landscape and all the other ecosystems and everything. So the commission makes the decision that Xenogiva must not be allowed to escape. Uh, kind of going along with the the theme that Monster Hunter has of we kill things because it's necessary. You know, you're not just beating up on some random baby that you found in a cave. I mean, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be pretty messed up. I mean, I guess that that is still what you're doing, but it's a baby that's like gonna <laughs> destroy the world. So, but at the same time, now this isn't necessarily saying one way or the other. This is like right or wrong. But if you think about it, like this is like a natural event, like a natural disaster kind of situation. And like, for example, forest fires, they're like they're actually really needed because you need to burn out the old forest. So that way the new forest can be able to like have room to be able to grow because otherwise like like new trees can't grow in a forest because it's too choked up with the old dead trees. So a forest fire has to burn out the excess. So, like, maybe that's the whole purpose of Xenogiva. Maybe the Monster Hunter world is getting too overpopulated with a bunch of extra monsters that don't need to be around. And so that's like, yo, we need, like, a cleansing monster to come through and, like, wipe the slate clean and so we can start brand new. And then we just stop that from happening. I don't know. It's a natural event. Maybe this is, like, maybe it needs to happen. Maybe this is, like, maybe this is a cycle that's happened millions of times over the millions of years of the world existing and we are just now like the first time we're here for it and so we stopped it i don't know but if you think about it right what if this is such a natural disaster that would wipe out humanity so they're like well it's just not maybe humanity because they're people that are able to stop a world ending. yeah yeah but i don't know even if the world would persist like think of our own world right with the the climate crisis like the like the earth's not gonna be destroyed just exactly everything living exactly will come back so it's just exactly themselves from the but also the humans are kind of the reason that the climate crisis exists the humans did not create xenodiva that's true so (laughs) but anyway but yeah this is all like kind of like philosophical discussion that you can have Uh about like monster hunter in which it's like Maybe the monster in our world is just not built for humanity, and yeah, it definitely doesn't seem like humans were built for that world. It like it feels like they came from another world, and they're just making do with where they landed. Oh, See, personally, man. this is where... you're getting you're getting awfully close to the plot of the monster hunter movie, and I don't I don't like it. <laughs> oh, that's right, I forgot. Oh no. Oh, oh no, I was I right. Oh no. Uh, but. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Is like perhaps this is some sort of natural uh, cycle that the monster in our world goes through, and humanity is kind of messing it up. But at the same time, perhaps it's best if you try and preserve like how things are going, you know, rather than 
enter into the unknown and be like, let's just let the uh, the like the bio nuke dragon go yeah. off and see mm-hmm. what happens. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, I wouldn't. I'm not saying that we should just let all of humanity die because I don't know, like nature said so. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I was with you. <laughs> Who needs? No, okay, well, never mind. Brad's ready to let the world burn. All right. Okay, okay. I see where you sit on that discussion. But uh, back to our battle with the uh, the living global warming problem, I suppose. Um, what an absolute battle that battle with Xenojiva is. It's pretty befitting to have like it be like the natural capstone of the Monster Hunter World campaign. Mm, and true. While Xenojiva is still young, it is very massive. And it will use its large claws and tail to relentlessly try and crush and kill you. And it's interesting, though, is that, like, uh, one of the things about Monster Hunter that is, like, makes it such a great and well-thought-out and, like, well-developed game is that they always, like, think a lot about how, like, these very imaginative monsters would fight Mm -hmm. and how, you know, they would, like like how their ecology and like biology would kind of factor into that. So as like Xenojiva is a very new monster and has just been born, most of these attacks that it uh, does uh, seem very careless and flailing. Like a lot of times it'll just kind of like flail flail around on the floor and like hope to hit you, (laughs) you know? And with it being massive and uh, still pretty strong, you know, as it's much, much, much bigger than you, it will kill you no problem. Yeah, pretty, pretty uh, strange but successful tactic. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of funny to watch it fight, though. <laughs> but uh, these are actually just some pretty basic like attacks that it does. But its true power lies in its massive reservoirs of coalesce energy. Like it's got energy and then energy to spare and <laughs> essentially waste. It's got energy for days. It's energy has energy. Yeah. And uh, you, it uses this energy to cause its melee attacks to create large delayed explosions. So you might think if you get like uh, smashed into the floor and you're like at half health, you're okay. But then the explosion hits you. And you're dead. Rip. Yeah. But uh, it can also fire a wide, powerful blue beam from its mouth. And it uses this beam to sweep across large amounts of the arena, melting and destroying anything in its path. It's uh, it's extremely destructive, even like this young as it is. And, you know, fighting Xenojiva is a pretty unique experience because there is really nowhere to hide from it. Like, you can try and hide behind, like, some of the crystal outcroppings that are in the arena, but it'll just smash or laser through those and get you anyway. I prefer to hide behind my fellow hunting buddies. Just <laughs> let them tank the hit for me. Uh, I don't think they'll tank the hit for you. I think <laughs> you'll just both get hit. <laughs> oh, man. Doesn't Dang, quite I thought, work. thought this tactic was going to work out. Seemed flawless. Yeah, but... uh, And as the fight progresses rather than seeming to run out of power uh xenojiva seems to only continue building energy to even an uncontrollable degree and eventually xenojiva will quite literally explode with energy and it doesn't like fly apart into pieces but it enters a kind of rage mode and this is where its chest and sections of its body glow to a fiery orange and you can even distinguish its individual organs through its skin at this point. It's kind of creepy looking, but it's actually like super cool. The sections of its body that are now glowing orange in this state also deal much more damage, making its attacks much more lethal, but these segments also uh, are much more vulnerable to attacks, so you can get some really juicy hits with that uh, greatsword. Huh, I didn't realize that they did more damage. I knew they took more damage, but I never realized that they did extra damage. Yeah, it, I, I didn't quite realize that as well. I just thought I it just, did butt-tons of damage. Yeah, you know? I just thought I was bad. I just assumed that I was just a terrible hunter and was getting hit all the time. But yeah, 
actually thinking back on it, like it would make sense because like uh-huh. these are like the amped up sections of its body. And I think yeah. I actually do remember like all of its attacks pretty much dealing a lot more damage in its like rage mode. Yeah, I think I just didn't register. I, I just assumed that like during that time it was just generally buffed and it was just like stronger in general. Not that yeah. those specific parts of the body were doing the extra damage. Yeah, so. yeah. Huh. But it is a very neat uh, detail. Yeah. Uh, in this mode, it can also take to the air and hover slightly above the ground, bombarding anything below it with its laser. You know, with that, we, we see the Xenojiva is a very, can be a very difficult fight. Uh, I know that I carded many times in this <laughs> fight, you know, but after a couple of tries and some clutch moments and some pretty awesome techniques that you can do, one of the most memorable ones is that uh, there's a weapon in the game called uh, oh, what are they? They're like dual blades. Swords? Yeah, dual yeah. blades. They're uh, dual blades, and they're what they sound like. They're kind of like these mid-sized uh, blades, and you hold one in each hand. And if you get in a correct position, you can kind of bay blade down its spine, like yeah, just cutting up everything you go, and with. Xenojiva being such like a long monster, it takes kind of a minute and it's a, it's a pretty fun experience. It's hilarious to watch. It just goes yeah. spinning like all the way down. <laughs> but uh, finally, you do defeat Xenojiva and the new world is safe. Hooray! Oh. Yeah, yeah. Man. It always seem, there's always something in this new world. There's always a bigger fish. Freaking oh. Xenojiva is so cool. Crygungeon <laughs> yeah. coming in clutch. Uh, but I think one of the coolest things about Xenojiva, just real quick, that I thought was like a really neat thing you talked about, uh, is like, like you were saying, it's just like kind of really sporadic in the way that it attacks and like the way that it kind of tries to take you down. One of the things that like was so cool to me that I thought was like really interesting in the fight was during part of it it starts to just like laser the ground in like crazy really erratic ways just like the ground just gets like super right. hot and yeah. like you take damage just from standing on the the ground naturally which is cool in and of itself but then because the energy is so huge it actually starts to melt down into the ground and its feet get stuck in the ground and then it has to like rip its legs out of the ground because it melted itself into the ground and it causes extra giant explosions when it does that like it, it, right, it right. lasers everywhere, does a ton of damage, and then it like destroys, like rips the ground apart, and just causes extra explosions. It's freaking insane. What an so, idiot! He's like yeah. crashing through the ground. But yeah. on one hand, dumb, but on the other hand, it's like holy cow! Like that is insanely powerful, and also like just shows how much it doesn't care. Like it's lasering its own feet, and it's like, eh, I couldn't be bothered. It's not mm, not a big deal. Nice and toasty. Exactly. <laughs> So it's freaking awesome. Yeah. It's a cool, but, cool monster. Uh yeah, I I really I think like Xenojiva is perhaps one of, one of my most memorable monster yeah. hunter fights that I had. You know, it's just like such a grandiose fight. Yeah. But uh it's kind of awesome is that as the game kind of uh got a bit older, it did get some DLC and some additional content. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's always got to be big, bigger, badder monsters to fight. And so true. we eventually discover kind of an evolution of Xenojiva. What? As a Xenojiva was dead, you know, and everybody's like breathing a sigh of relief. Uh, I remember it well. Yeah, everybody's having, <laughs> again, a party. Really like to party, you know, after like killing all these monsters and stuff. <laughs> Which you is... Know? On one hand, I can understand, but on the other hand, it seems kind of like cruel, more messed up. Yeah, a little morbid. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much like everybody is like thinking, like, "Oh, thank God!" You know, if we hadn't killed it while it was still young and still inexperienced, it was still like a difficult battle. But it could have been much, much more difficult oh, to take goodness. down if it was allowed to reach adulthood. Couldn't imagine. Yeah. So even in like uh, as the game got more content added to it uh your hunter and the commission continue to explore other vibrant biomes contained with the new world you know like there's iceborne and everything else which was like an ice themed expansion that Mm -hmm. had a lot of really cool monsters but 
There was also some other areas that they added. And one of these that your character discovers is called the Secluded Valley. And in this valley, no memory of that. In this valley, you come across a vast, deep ravine that is draped in massive amounts of discarded shed skin. Pretty gross, honestly. <laughs> but it gives it a very eerie, creepy appearance, you know, because the wind's like blowing through. And so there's just like all these like tattered, almost like cloth looking remains, but it's like shed skin. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, so, very gross. Uh, among these molted remnants are husks that look shockingly similar to Xenojiva. And so, you know, everybody's like, what? I thought we killed that dude. I thought that <laughs> maybe, baby was dead. Maybe something just killed, like, 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 shredded up the dead body of the Xenojiva after we killed it. You know, maybe that's just oh, like more than more than your hunter does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After yeah, and we, moved it, and moved it. Yeah, after we chopped up the dead body, then maybe like something else came along and just like dragged it into like the dark corners and was munching on it and just like shredded it. You know, mm. that that's that must be what it is. Interesting Definitely. theory, uh-huh. but uh, and like it's kind of funny that the like absurd amount of shed skin that's in this area, you can kind of. Uh, figure out that whatever was taking refuge in this crevasse was growing at a extremely explosive degree. You know, it mm-hmm. was just like growing and shedding its skin and growing some more and shedding its skin. And it was <laughs> just like continuing to evolve. And creepy. As your team is continuing your investigation, you are suddenly interrupted by a massive red dragon swooping into the crevasse. And huh. thus, we are met with the new and improved Safi Jiva. So Honestly, may... less cool name, personally. I think Xena Jiva sounds cooler than Safi Jiva. Oh, 100%. But... Like, yeah. I'm a big fan of like uh, names that use like the last five letters of the <laughs> So true, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Underrated, to be honest. You give me something with a, like an X or a Z or even yeah. kind of like a Y to a lesser extent. Man, we're we're cooking with some some good yeah, stuff. Yeah, that is special naming convention right there. I I need an X in my name. I gotta figure out how to get an X in my name. Rendaxi. <laughs> there you go. Know. There you go. <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, you may be wondering, like you're talking about before, uh, how the heck is there Safi Jiva when? It's presumably the evolved adult form of Xenojiva. I was just but how could that happen? They were twins. Uh, and you're like, how could this be when we thought we killed the first and only Xenojiva to ever exist? Mm-hmm. But uh, to kind of spoil it a little bit, as you continue to investigate the valley further, uh, we find many actually chrysalis structures similar to the one Xenojiva emerged from. Uh, and these are at the bottom of the valley. So it kind of stands to reason that another one was born and was able to grow and evolve. And this also is kind of like a horrific possibility. And you're like, well, if there's like a lot of potential Xenojivas, uh, on one hand, that's a lot of crafting materials. On the other hand, that's a massive headache that we're going to have to take care of for years. <laughs> that's a lot of nuclear bombs running around. I know you're now. like... That's a lot of world-ending events, but... <laughs> but really think of cool the cool sword. swords I can make. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really, it's a toss-up. I don't know. Ooh, ah, man. Hundreds of people hard, could be but... killed, but I could get a really big, really cool sword. But this sword's so red. It's so In cool. We know it. But come on. I could make some really cool shoes. You know what? Yeah. They die doing what they love. <laughs> Saving gear. Kidding themselves out oh, and yeah. getting cool gear. What a worthy sacrifice. Uh, but uh, to kind of also describe uh, Safi Jiva, this new monster we're met with, uh, it's actually not much bigger than its juvenile form, but yeah, it has underwent some dramatic changes. Yeah, it is kind of mysterious. You think like all things grow bigger with age, but I guess like Xenojiva is just as big as it needs to be. He doesn't grow bigger; he just grows denser. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
Now he really gets stuck in the ground. Yeah, now he <laughs> now he just walks around and he's falling into the ground. It's real tragic. It's oh, actually man. kind of a, an evolutionary downgrade now. He yeah. can barely move. Oh, that would be absolutely tragic. But luckily that doesn't <laughs> take place. Uh, but rather than its translucent blue skin, it now has actually proper scales. And these are oh, yeah. a dark shade of red and they're accompanied with kind of light tan on its wings and belly. So it looks very different. Um, and many of its frayed membranes that it had before have also grown into long, deadly spikes. Uh, these being most prominent on its tail. Kind of almost has like a mace on its tail. Eh. Uh, it also does not appear to have the three odd sensory organs on either side of its head. Uh, it now looks like a classic and true uh proper dragon it's kind of funny in that like out of all of the crazy monsters that you fight in monster hunter even kind of like specifically monster hunter world this is like the almost the most bog standard like yeah dragon shaped dragon that you encounter which is super weird went from the most foreign looking alien creature to the most like generic dragon ever do you think yeah. that's has anything to do with the story or just because it's a DLC so the less effort was put into it? Oh, tons of effort is actually still put in. Like, don't let this uh kind of fool you into thinking that like uh they, they skimped out just because it's like a DLC or something. Like there's a lot of really cool uh details with this, but yeah, I don't I don't know why they chose that yeah. like creative decision to go from like the super alien looking dragon to like a really traditional one perhaps it was just like maybe the interesting thing that they were thinking of was like the the actual evolution of it mm -hmm. from like this super newborn dragon that's all like see-through and stuff to like an actual it makes sense yeah. though, because babies when they're born like human babies are awfully ugly and like yeah alien looking and then obviously Adults are kind of normal looking. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes well, sense. Some of them. I'm. I'm. Not all of us get there. <laughs> oh man. But um. Uh, you also do battle with Safi Jiva as well, because as the commission had feared, uh, Safi Jiva pr pr uh, poses a very uh, prominent and very kind of uh daunting problem for the commission yeah as you kind of get into the f battle with safi jiva you soon see that your fears are realized and that safi jiva is much much more of a challenge to even attempt to take out mm -hmm. and when safi jiva it's immediately apparent that it has uh done well and learned much from its time kind of in the secluded valley and presumably just living its life you know it seems much more intelligent and experienced than its younger form is now precise and calculated in its attacks it's even able to single out a particular hunter out of your squad and that would be the hunter that is causing it the most damage so it will then focus all of its attacks on them and attempt to stop them as soon as possible so if you're the one doing the most dps to safi jiva watch out because he's going to try and absolutely crush you mm, that's why that fight felt so easy to me i was never getting targeted by it i was just standing in the back like, and like, or yeah, everyone's going like dude this guy's the worst and like freaking i'm getting crushed and i'm like dude he has literally attacked me twice i don't know what you guys are struggling with i'm just, just the, so different i'm just in the so back good of the arena with like uh, just the one of the bow guns just yeah taking pot shots exactly I'm like you guys suck this guy's <laughs> easy man you this just guy... keep getting killed, and I'm just freaking standing over you. Barely even wrecking, doesn't even know I'm here. <laughs> I'm just so stealthy. But uh, it has also improved upon its other abilities as well. And it's kind of amped up its energy siphoning abilities, and it's even able to like actively siphon energy out of its surroundings mid fight. And it uses this to heal itself and power up its attacks. It actually is kind of right. like. You're like, bro, that's unfair. You can't heal mid-fight. That's, yeah. And he does. To be fair, we heal mid-fight as well. So, like, you mean fair oh, fair. But still, like every five that minutes, yeah. bigger. 
<laughs> but hey, you're you're like a monster. You're not. Allowed to do exactly. That. He's got like five times the amount of health that we'll ever ever have. So. Yeah, but uh, it also displays mastery over the energy beams that it fires from his mouth in this kind of new and evolved form. It's able to focus their destructive energy into a narrow, more intense beam, and this allows it to, to destroy large rock formations and boulders with minimal effort. It's actually pretty cool, like just seeing like the the super reckless and wide beam that Zaffy Jiva like shot out, and mm-hmm. now it's like focused into like this really narrow, thin laser that just absolutely rips through everything. Including your body. Yes, yes, very much so. Uh, (laughs) In this form, it also has a new grab move that's pretty cool. And this is where it will grab your hunter in its jaws, and then it will blast you with several high-energy beams. And this move will leave you on the absolute verge of death. You have just the tiniest little sliver of health. But the neat little thing also is that uh, you're also on fire, when this move ends. So if you don't have somebody to heal you or you don't like stop and heal immediately, you're going to (laughs) die. Seems a little Uh, rude, you know, like I know you guys are fighting. A little rude. Calm down. (laughs) Calm down, man. It's just a game. (laughs) On one end, that is like, that is a very cool attack. But at the same time, in what freaking universe is it possible for you to be grabbed by a monster like this and be, be hit with several beams of energy and have any result Crushed other than in instant jaws. death? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, you should be dead after the first grab, let alone the first beam or five. Like, that, like the fact that the uh, hunters can survive that is absurd. Uh, it's uh, probably based off of the excellent food that they eat. And yeah, also, right, right, right. Protein. The, you know, you've killed some other super badass monsters before that, and you're wearing their skins, so that probably yeah. works too. <laughs> it that has got to be the most insane Kevlar armor ever. It's it is literally built different. Yes. But uh one of the coolest things though about this fight is that Safi Jiva still retains its ability to enter a super critical state. And in this state, its body will pulse like, once again with energy like its younger self. And it will not be translucent this time, but you Dang. will be able to see what look like star constellation patterns glowing on its wings. And these kind of preserve the a little remnant of its otherworldly appearance, but also give it just like a super, super cool like ambiance to the fight, I feel. And uh, once again, in this state, the glowing parts of its body still deal and receive more damage. But uh, onto the best part of this fight, and perhaps mm-hmm. one of the most memorable parts Whoa. in any Monster Hunter game I played, is at the end of this super critical state, it will execute its most devastating attack. This is called the Sapphire of the Emperor. What an absolutely badass <laughs> name! In this move, it will take to the air, scorching the arena below it with a sea of bright blue flame. The weird thing is, is that this fire doesn't really do damage to you. Like, you're just hanging out, running around on the ground, trying to figure out what's happening. Feels good. You're like, this isn't doing damage. What's happening? What's it building up to? And eventually, Safijiva will emit a small blue orb that will descend to the ground. When this orb reaches the ground, it will basically nuke the entire arena, obliterating everything. Jeez. So, yeah, literally, this dragon has, like, a nuke move. (laughs) (laughs) And your only hope to survive this is to take cover behind large rock outcroppings. Otherwise, you will be instantly killed. Or, I suppose, carded. You don't ever really die. Conveniently. Semantics. Yep. But instead, all of the rock outcroppings are destroyed as well at the same time. So yeah, either you or the rocks. Yeah, so you really kind of got to like be on your feet because he can do this move like multiple times, <laughs> and so, <laughs> oh. 
Yeah. So you got to really like make sure you know where your rock outcropping is in case he does this move or like you kind of got to like prepare up for it, you know? Yeah. So this is a, once again, a really, really cool, pretty difficult and challenging uh, battle. And, but Safi Jiva can be felled by the most experienced and coordinated hunt, hunters that have mastery over their weapons and environment. And when you fell this beast, you can also, in typical Monster Hunter style, craft it in some of the most powerful and cool weapons and armor. Uh, neat little thing about these weapons is that uh, they have the typical Safi Jiva aesthetic, but you can like level them up and awaken them. And then they have like these like weird massive like eyes on them. It's it's almost kind of like eldritch looking, but yeah. it's also just like some of the, just the coolest designs. But very cool. Yeah, that's uh that's the kind of uh biology and battles that you have with Xenojiva and Safijiva. Some just yeah. very memorable monsters of Monster Hunter. I like we mentioned before, I'm kinda sad that Safi Jiva looks like a bit yeah. of a normal dragon, but I mean, it is still well done. You yeah. know. It's that it wasn't really shortchanging us. It was just I suppose a different creative approach yeah. than perhaps that would have taken. Perhaps for the better. But yeah. one thing that I think is really neat that I don't really know how it plays into the lore super much like it's a little bit ambiguous to me but like in game is a really cool mechanic cool thing uh is like so in game there's things called uh oh man i can't remember what the, it's, it's basically like like a, a, a collection of hunters that all are working together like in, in a group um like expeditions or something like that uh but like so because of the oh, yeah the siege missions sieges that's what they're called thank you siege and so, uh, because, like, so, Xenojiva, really big monster, really dangerous, but Safijiva is supposed to be, like, so much bigger and so much more dangerous, and, like, theoretically, it's, like, gotten so much, it's, it's scales have hardened, so it should have more durability, it should be healthier, because it's, like, had time to grow and, like, yeah. actually become an actual dragon, so, like, theoretically, it has, like, way more health, but, like, that would be absurdly annoying to have to try and fight yourself, like, which is the regular it'd be group. a super so, long battle, yeah. It'd be so annoying. Like, it'd be like a six-hour battle. And then when he's able to just nuke you all the time, that would be, like, so unfair. So, instead, what, like, in-game, what happens is, like, you end up, like, going into a lobby of 16 hunters, including yourself, and everybody goes and does the same mission against Safi Jiva, but, like, canonically, you're all fighting the exact same monster. And so, you're, like, it's 16 people instead of just four people all working together to kill this one monster. That's how huge and like deadly he is and how much health he has. And so then after all 16 people all do the mission, if you're, you were all able to get like a certain percentage of the health done, like gotten through, if everybody kind of pulls their weight, then you actually are able to like kill quote unquote the monster and you get like a bonus to the rewards, which I think is super cool. And just yeah. like adds to the effect of like, this guy is freaking tough. He's huge. And like, you're no, not going to kill him by yourself. You need, like, an army to take this guy on, which I think is neat. Yeah, and it, it, that is, like, super cool that you mentioned that, actually. That's, like, really, actually pretty pivotal to, like, the gameplay and, like, mm -hmm. just the kind of, like, epicness of the battle with Safi yeah. Jiva is that you have to, like, fight it almost, like, multiple times to wear it down yeah. Yeah. and, like, work up more and more bonuses against it so you can finally beat it. Otherwise, there's just, like, not enough time in it in the mission yeah he'll just nuke you way faster than you can so you have to like slowly work together and whittle him down and get to the point where he's weak enough that you can kill him yeah but i guess yeah. it just really goes to show that like safi jiva is so much more powerful than xeno jiva oh so much more like it's just absolutely insane i i love these two creatures they're very cool very very fun but uh i think that's all that we have for you today uh Thank you all for listening. You know, I I know that Monster Hunter can be uh, perhaps not for everybody, but I really think that like a lot of their monsters are pretty well thought out. So I always yeah. appreciate the opportunity to kind of tackle some of their, uh, some of the lore and get like a little bit deeper into 
what these monsters are and like all the work that's been put into like almost bringing them to life. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, even as someone who's not like the biggest monster hunter game fan, like these, like learning about these dragons and stuff is still super cool because they still are you bringing to life. You're telling me about like their their personalities, basically about just yeah. how individual their fights are and stuff. And so like that's that's still cool for even very uh, neat. us outsiders. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But uh. If you could also do us a favor, those of you that are still listening, yeah, I got if you. you know somebody that is into Monster Hunter, or maybe somebody like Brad was saying that just really appreciates like well thought out monsters and, you know, just kind of like that expansive lore, perhaps introduce uh, or show them our podcast today and perhaps they'll find an awesome game series as well. Yeah, you know what? I got you. I only have a couple friends, but I'll I'll let them know. I I'll I'll tell them. Have nice. you guys heard about this really cool podcast? I was literally about to say that. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's really up your alley. It's a, they talk about Monster Hunter, which like I know you like you're big fans of. So like I think yeah, totally would be up your. Oh really? <laughs> totally. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll totally listen to that. <laughs> okay. I also have these two friends. Have you guys heard of Monster? <laughs> oh. God. Even funnier the second time. <laughs> But uh, you can also catch us on uh, our Twitter at Vanquishers Pod and uh, our TikTok. We've had some excellent TikToks posted there recently. Go check them out. Uh, made by yours truly, Brad. <laughs> not you. Not you. No. <laughs> yours truly, not me. <laughs> yours, as in you, not me. His truly. His truly. There we go. His... Not the drink, but. Just, we're getting confused but anyway yeah yeah check check out our tiktok and uh we'll catch you guys another week with another monster thank y'all bye